we'd like to welcome you all to our bonus podcast this morning. Uh, my name is Crystal Taves. I'm the pastor of women at Northview, and I'm joined today by Thalia. Good morning. Thalia is our pastor of care here at Northview and is my regular partner on this they podcast. They might not be listening in the morning. I just said good morning. That's okay. I said good morning, too. <laughs> it's just part of the normal, what we're used to saying. And I'm joined today also by Annette. Uh, she is our guest. So, Annette, why don't you describe or introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners? Sure. Good morning. Good to be with you. My name is Annette, and um, really enjoy coming to Northview. Been a member here for a number of years with uh, our entire family, I think. Um, I'm a mom to four adult daughters and a grandma and grandkids. to yeah. <laughs> four little boys, two and under. Wow. All so, boys. All boys. You raised girls, and now you have boys. Starting all over, trying to figure out <laughs> how what makes them sick. It's a delight. <laughs> They're just so much fun. Yeah, that's great. And that's been part of our uh, women's ministry the last little bit on Monday nights. Uh, she was part of our Monday night study in fall and now, now is part of the Simeon Trust course. Mm-hmm. So we're getting challenged in that. Sure am. Yeah. Really stretches the Stretching mind. your brain. It's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we thought we'd just quickly update you on a few things that are happening around here at Northview, just so you know. Uh, some exciting things. Uh, last night, Thaley and I were at our first women's Bible study in mission, uh, which is really fun. We had 35 women come mm-hmm. out. And we great. are doing the study on the book of Ephesians, the same as we're doing here on a Wednesday morning and Monday night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, any comments that you'd have on that? I don't know. Welcome to our new mission listeners. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. It's just been such an amazing evidence of God's grace to see a new campus, two, uh, one church, two campuses, just with energy and excitement. And it's just been so great. Yeah. Um, part of that also mission update is this week we're starting two services there. So they're going to be a 9 o'clock service and 11 o'clock service. Yeah. So if you come at 10.30, like normal, you'll be really <laughs> early for the 11 o'clock service. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But it's been pretty full from what we hear. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to have the two services so that we can have room for growth there. Uh, one other thing in the month of April is April 22nd, we are having a baptism class. And it was just confirmed just yesterday, this is hot off the press, that our outside baptisms are going to be at Hatsik Lake on June 20th um, at Camp Luther. So mm-hmm. new location for us, which is great. And if you want to be part of the outside baptism, uh, we just encourage you to sign up for that class on April 22nd. Yeah. So we are doing a podcast today on the topic of anger. Uh, Thalia, tell us why you wanted to talk about this one. Yes. Well, I have a lot of people that come to talk with me. And of course, anger is a big topic. And we know that we around this table, as well as we as Christian women, actually struggle with anger and the secret's out. (laughs) It could look different in all of us, but this is not something that's immune to us just because we're Christians. This is something that we wrestle with, battle with, and wonder about how to handle this, this tough emotion. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some of the roots of that as we go on this morning. Um... Have you seen it impacting a lot of women at church when they come to meet with you? Yeah. There are a lot of people who they may not identify that as their primary issue, but in the circumstances of their life, it comes out that they are dealing with bitterness and grudges and maybe even some anger explosions or handling their temper. So this is a big deal. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about, we're kind of going to go through talking about the cultural view of anger. We're going to talk about why it's such a difficult topic and then just talk about some of the different ways anger is expressed and then talk about some of the roots. Uh, where does it come from? How does it help us know where it comes from? And share a few personal stories about dealing with that and end with some application, practical suggestions, maybe on how we can get a handle on this. Yeah. So um, cultural view, I want to open it up. What, what, what does our culture say 
How about anger? Annette or Ophelia, what do you want to... I think we just see more of it. You know, when you yeah. click on YouTube or you you watch clips, people almost take think it's fun or entertainment yeah. to put on a clip of hockey parents going crazy at a game or road rage incidents yeah. or other sort of out-of-control people. We are yeah. slightly amused, but not really, because we know that we probably are almost all capable of yeah. that emotion too. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to judge sometimes whether our culture is more angry or whether we're just more aware of it because of some mm-hmm. of these things. That's right. Because it definitely seems like you see a lot of clips yeah. that talk about angry anger coming out in different ways. Yeah, so yeah. in one way we find it entertaining, and in another way we find it really scary. Yes. Like to think of being in a situation like that where people around you are yelling or swearing or full of rage is absolutely a very terrifying thought. That's true. Do, does the culture value anger at all? How do you see that come out? I think if you see angry protesters uh, for at a political rally or um, women who are finally taking you know, a stand for their rights or standing up a, uh, in view of an angry boss or a work situation, mm-hmm. that is applauded. It's mm-hmm. an assertiveness or, or a feeling of control. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can see some good things that have come out of that. Like I think of when I was growing up, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers really mm-hmm. rose out of this anger of people who are drinking and driving. So there's some really good things that have come out of, have been channeled out of directing anger in a good way. And there's a real concern that people have that you don't, people don't want this whole idea of submitting to somebody else or whatever is looked down upon, right? So the whole rights of an individual is something that we applaud. So if somebody is standing yeah. up for themselves yes. and standing up against something, then that's something that we applaud. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's so out of control and then a, a peaceful protest or just uh, people yeah. who have, you know, sort of this pent up uh, feeling of wanting to make a change and then it's an out of control riot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is an emotion I think that is particularly hard to control. Mm-hmm. In yeah, some ways. which is maybe why it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. Why else is it a difficult topic? Like when we thought about this as a podcast, what makes it a difficult topic for us to talk about? Yeah, it's really uncomfortable in the church. <laughs> yeah, like we don't really want to admit that we as Christians struggle with this emotion because that's we want to admit that we actually have it all together and we are not internally brewing over bitterness and grudges or not externally freaking out on our husbands and our kids or in the in the traffic or things like that. So it's uncomfortable. Yeah, we want to, we kind of know it's something that we shouldn't have. And so it's better to pretend that we don't rather than to actually admit it. I know. When I, about 20 years ago, I realized about this time, 20 years ago, I had to write my master's thesis for, to get my master's degree in counseling. And growing up, there wasn't a lot of, like, there wasn't external anger. There wasn't swearing and yelling or anything like that, but it was internal. It was always handled silently. And so I grew up with cold shoulders and silent treatment as a way of handling anger. And I, didn't, I wanted to feel, figure out if there was a different way of handling anger. Like, hmm. what is this emotion biblically? What is it culturally? How do we deal with this? So I did my whole master's degree thesis 20 years ago. I think yeah. I'd be embarrassed if I read it now. So I've learned so much more. <laughs> but either way, that's but, what I did. Yeah, often it's those things in our own life that we're trying to figure out. And when we can have a legitimate way to kind of yeah a reason to sink into it it's good mm-hmm. it helps us in our own personal walk yeah and we've all I don't know if, about you but I, I remember with four young kids driving to church on Sunday morning and you know you're just trying to scold them or tell them to be <laughs> quiet and you're having all of this uh, chaos in the in the in the car and then the moment you walk in the door of the church mm-hmm. you know you put on your Sunday smile <laughs> yeah. and you have children <laughs> yeah. and everybody's happy and then the moment you're driving home right yes. everybody's 
uh, going crazy again. So you're right. I think we put on this sort of very spiritual veneer over yes. some of that emotion, and we really show our best face on Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also a little bit of a surprise always for us, isn't it? Anger. Like, it's not something we really foresee coming. No. Uh, so I think that makes it difficult for us to talk about, too. Yeah. We can be having a really great day. And somebody will say something or we'll see some kind of comment on Facebook or somewhere. And we'll just feel this rise of emotion that just catches us off guard. Yeah. It's, I don't like that either. It's no. uncomfortable. It does. It, it comes out of nowhere. It sort of blindsides us. And mm-hmm. before we even know it, we can't even sort of push it away before yeah. we realize it sort of bursts out of our mouth or it's in our in our heart and <laughs> yeah. and there's this warmth right you kind of feel it going right up to uh-huh. temperature rising in in yeah. you and then you think wow it's you know I, I I'm really sorry it just shows up but it does uh, in places often that we we wouldn't be aware yeah for me when I get really angry I start to cry Mm. And I've hated that. I'm like, no, because it takes away your power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you're feeling so angry about something, yeah. and then the tears are just. You know. But that's a signal to me that okay, this is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. it's touching that core yeah. somewhere deep yeah. in there. Yeah, we see it in our children too. Just observing grandchildren now, um, little ones, right? That still don't really have a good handle on their emotions. Uh, they, they, two-year-olds, you know, you take a toy away, and there's this immediate burst of of anger and wanting to lunge at the other two-year-old and and it makes me realize now as a grandma to see that again in little ones it it really isn't something that they learn later on it just is there instantaneously from the moment even that they're little guys yeah that this reaction is an is a reaction of anger yes yeah yeah Yeah. so we wanted to talk a little bit about different ways anger is expressed Mm -hmm. um inwardly and outwardly and then what are some of the negatives and positives of that because all anger isn't necessarily a negative thing and we're going to talk about that a little bit as we go on yeah but so when you talk about inward anger directed inward what are you talking about Thalia there okay so anger can be inward and we sometimes forget that anger directed inward can look in what I've already said before like we give people the silent treatment or the cold shoulder we avoid them um, it might just go way in and it might be bitterness and it's not necessarily shown outwardly. Mm-hmm. We're not, there's nothing outward to show necessarily that we're angry. It's all inside it's that tight lip. It's that, you know, that feeling you get that you're just going to stuff it in, which can manifest itself in things like depression and feeling suicidal. Like it can really go inward because it has an energy to it. Anger does. That's the negative side of inward. There's on also the positive. Kind of another thing about the negative. I think there's also okay. that anger against yourself, even yes. right? like that self condemnation. Like, yes. oh, I'm never going to be right. better, and I'm never going to get over this, and yeah. kind of a spiraling down of just hopelessness you're so and mad worthlessness. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Outward. Yeah. So, well, inward or positive. Inward positive. Yeah. We forget that sometimes we can direct it inward in a positive way, and we'll do that a little bit more practical t- at the end. But inwardly. Um, Prayer is great. Journaling or just even exercising self-control over what comes out because that is an important piece. So it's positive too. And then we talk about outward. While a lot of us are more understanding of what it means to have anger going outward. So negative would be things like swearing and yelling and bullying and tantrums and nasty emails and unhelpful comments or even nasty comments on texting and Facebook. It can all just blah out. Yeah, and we are pretty familiar with that. 
And it's very, in this world of technology, it's become easier yeah. for people to do that because you don't see the face of somebody necessarily as you're expressing that. So right. emails and Facebook and texting, that can be a huge kind of reservoir of anger and it can make things escalate yes. where they wouldn't necessarily escalate mm-hmm. if you talked something over with somebody in person even, right? Yeah. That's right. We are quick to lash out yeah. in some way or other. Yeah. It gives us that relief somehow yeah. of the anger. If you lash out, you feel that initial kind of justified in doing it. Yeah. yeah. On the positive side, when we take anger and direct it outward positively, which people are often thinking, that's not possible. But yes, it is. I've felt it before where I'm really angry and I know I have that, that desire to use that energy up well. So you can go for a walk. You can go for a run. You can pray about it. You can journal. You can talk to a trusted person. And those are ways of using it positively outwardly. Mm-hmm. And also some of the causes that we talked about earlier, right? Like using your anger if you're angry against an injustice that's happening in the mm-hmm. world, that is a legitimate thing. Using that um, for the purposes of helping somebody. Yeah, or um, speaking up assertively and saying, yeah. we need to sort this out. I realize this is a problem for us, so let's work on this. I agree. I think some people, um, certainly some of the great causes in the world of people making changes like you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving or some yeah. of those things. Or anti-slavery been, or exactly, all those kind of things. Those yeah. have been sort of this righteous anger that's yeah. built up in people that say, you know, enough is enough and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. So that is a positive working out. But inwardly too, something I have seen in, in friends or just people that I think is such a long lasting negative um, result of anger is unforgiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sort of is that thing that starts to flourish in your inner life Mm -hmm. that as you said as you sort of push down the anger I think that the root of bitterness um, can sometimes grow into sort of this tree of unforgiveness in in our hearts that um, that sometimes we're stuck with for years and in the church that's been uh, often a really difficult thing to see is that people have literally not been able to quickly forgive but have let little things even fester over time and and relationships have been broken and yeah and sometimes we have to admit that feeling angry feels good like I have known in myself when I harbor have harbored unforgiveness and I have harbored those grudges and that bitterness it feels good you know and sometimes when I have you feel justified or righteous somehow yeah Yeah, it feels I don't know it feels good and sometimes when we lash out at someone I have yelled at my kids and Mark and having that outburst of whatever feels good feels like I'm right and you are at the end of my rope and and I'm going to just yell at you that feels good it's wrong though and it feels good only for a time and then you yeah and then there's (laughs) the guilt and shame that comes with that which adds to this oh my goodness self-whipping and condemnation that's right but we have to admit that, you know, acting wrong does sometimes feel good. It yeah. isn't good for us. It isn't right. And learning to let go of that is tough. Yeah. Yeah, letting, letting <laughs> go of the memory even of... Because we feed that yes. unforgiveness oh, with, yeah. well, of course, this is the reason why. And somehow, you know, we sometimes can sort of feed that thing in, in our hearts that will constantly keep it alive. No. Um, instead of dealing with it and yeah. saying, you know, this is not pleasing to the Lord, and no. there's got to be a better way, and and uh, but it seems that, you know, the enemy of our souls does not want us to ever let go of that um, because it keeps us kind of trapped. I know, keeps us looking place. inward rather than outward. Sure, mm-hmm. right? we can't other people. Ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where does our anger come from? What we talked about a few different things that it comes from. What are some of the other sources of our anger? Yeah, I know for me, I get angry when my expectations are not met. 
Mm-hmm. If I come home from yeah. an evening meeting and my kitchen and my main floor are just a disaster, I'm like, hello, <laughs> I was gone for a few hours and you could have, you know, yes. and I can feel that rise up. So that, or, and that's just one example, but unmet expectations are a big one. Yeah, I identify with that completely. Um, I, especially as a young mother years ago, you know, when you set out wanting to have this perfect family, these perfect kids, uh, you have a perfectionist tendency that anything less than perfect behavior will just immediately make you frustrated. And mm-hmm. out of frustration, often the result is anger. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes feeling out of control, if we have situations that have happened to us that we feel like all of a sudden we have yeah, no, no leash on them anymore, if yeah. our finances go sideways, mm-hmm. or if our health goes sideways, yeah. or um, things that just makes us realize that we don't have as much control as we thought we did, it can make us really angry. Yeah. And we become angry at God, like yeah. especially in cases where you feel that God just didn't come through for you when it comes to either finances or these you know, long list of blessings that you assumed because you're a Christian and you're following the Lord that obviously, you know, he's going to bless you with all these things. So I've seen it in people too when family relationships are unsolved or, you know, real health issue and you pray and pray and nothing yeah. somehow and and then you kind of take your anger and you direct it even towards God and say, You're just not coming through for me. Yeah. Which is part of the expectations. You kind of have this expectation that God's going to act in a certain way if you act in a certain way, and then it doesn't happen, and then the anger comes from that. Which often ties into grief, because a lot of people are angry in their grief, and they feel that it was not fair that God allowed Mm -hmm. the person to get sick or die, and then, okay, that's unmet expectations. It's also feeling out of control. Like, it wasn't my time that this person died, so we're all full of anger, which complicates the grief. Like, it's no fun. I see a lot of betrayal here, you know, where people have Mm -hmm. been betrayed in maybe something they've shared, like a confidence where there's been gossip or something. I've also seen betrayal in people who are dealing with, they've been betrayed by a spouse or somebody who's cheated on them sexually or cheated on them in a different way, emotionally cheated on them. And then that betrayal gives Mm -hmm. rise to a deep anger. Yeah. Mm So how does it help us to know the roots of it? Like we were looking at what the roots of anger are. How does it help us when we can identify those things? I, I think you have to get to the point where you are willing to take uh, the condition of your heart to God. You know, I mean, people can't fix it for you. You can't read parenting books or <laughs> self-help yeah. books. I mean, you can read all of that and you can go to many different sources. But until you go to the source of the one who knows your heart most mm-hmm. intimately knows us and we really can't hide we have to be completely honest yeah. is if we go to god and say i'm willing to be you know to let down my guard and my defenses and all of my excuses and some of the um, blame shifting or whatever we're always going to find a reason there's to, always somebody that's hurt us yeah. like yeah. there's always a reason yeah. why we're why <laughs> could we're be angry it could be yeah <laughs> for sure we're, yeah we're, we have a right to be angry, but yeah. until we take, um, I think, really kind of bear our hearts before God and say, you show me, what do you see? Mm-hmm. And when we even have the courage to dare say to that look and say, yeah. Yeah. God, I'm giving you a permission with your lens to look through that lens and look at the condition of my heart and yeah. where does that anger come from? Um, he will show us. Because if we refuse to look at it, we cannot deal with it. No, we actually have to have the courage to look at it, and it's especially helpful with God present. 
because a lot of people try to do it apart from God. And that has some benefit for sure, but it's so you're talking more secular powerful. Yeah, or for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And even Christians are, yeah. are looking to human solutions. They're going, you know, well, I just need therapy or I just need to learn how to manage it. Learn how to manage it. Yeah. Or be mm-hmm. more self control or I'm going yeah. to just do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I've learned too in my experience as a young mom and being frustrated that no matter of, of working at it, I'm going to work harder tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a new day. I'll just be a better mom. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It, That's those positive energy sayings. Yeah. Kind of I know. Know. yeah. My kids had a teacher that had all these positive energy sayings around the classroom. But they said, Mom, she's the most angry person in, oh, interesting. in their life. But they were like in their young grades. So they didn't even really understand that apart from God, there really is no actual help. That's right. Uh, Oprah can't fix it. Neither can Dr. <laughs> no. Phil or anyone <laughs> no. else yeah. that you're, you're trying to go... Because I think we avoid wanting to go, first of all, because it takes, you know, the willingness to let your heart be exposed in, in all of this, its sinfulness. Yeah. Um, but until we go there, then really we are going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. But if we don't go there, like we said, we just keep wallowing around in it. And it yeah. just shows, it just comes up in another format and another format and another format. Yeah. And we're not actually ever getting to the root. Right. Yeah. So the root too, is just our own sin nature, right? Yes. Just mm-hmm. the fact that we are born, like you said, your two-year-olds, they haven't learned this yet That's from right. somebody, but they're born with that that selfishness, that one, I want my own way. And oh, a lot of times, especially yeah. as women, I think as we're angry, we're really, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm actually acting like a four-year-old having a temper tantrum right yeah. now, because really, I just want my own way. Oh, and I want well, even somebody in, to... in church nursery, yes, yeah. our little two-year-old grandsons, it, you know, and they've all done, they've been perpetrators of the same sinful behavior. They yeah. just bite each other, right? So yeah. Our little grandson was at uh, the mission campus on Sunday, and you know, up goes the light, and the parents go in. Oh, no. Your kid was bitten Mighty. by another two-year-old. Oh, no. yeah. So it seems to me, you know, you don't teach a two-year-old no. to do that. And you no. want to, you're horrified as a parent when yeah. your kid is the one. But it, it was a reminder of just our, our flesh nature is uh-huh. so bent towards, yeah, towards being evil. And, and selfishness. selfishness. So now we don't actually yeah. bite when we're adults. We actually bite, but we bite through mean different texts ways. and yeah. mean yes. comments and mean words yeah. and Holding have on different to that. ways yeah, of doing it. Different ways of biting. Yeah. yeah but right. if we don't get to the same root of yeah. realizing this is sin and this is a result of the fact that we're fallen and we yeah. need God's grace, then it just keeps manifesting itself mm-hmm. in different ways. Your kids may grow up and you may feel you don't have that same anger anymore, but it may come out somewhere else. Yeah. So you wanted to share a little bit, Annette, about how you kind of just kind of work through this. Sure. So well, I'll give you a few minutes to do that. I'd share that story at the women's retreat. Just, yeah. um, you know, it's already, I'm a grandma now in my 50s, but I remember um, very distinctly God doing a real particular work of healing um, as a new mother in my life where I would have never, and even the other day I said to my husband, do you remember my ever being angry around the children or shouting or just sort of losing control when I was a mom? He said, no, not really, actually. And I asked the girls that are now all grown up, and they said, well... Yeah, maybe you did some shouting, but I don't, you know, we don't really read. So I, <laughs> I'm not harboring it again. Thank you, you Lord, <laughs> that you've, you've, you've taken that part of my history and you've sort of wiped it out of their memory. But um, I, I had a very particular experience with, with having issues in parenting. I was a young mom of four girls under the age of six and had come from a very quiet sort of older brother, one small family, and then I had this chaotic young family of, of kids and often disobedient and just very... Um, crazy and my reaction in those days because I wanted to be this perfectionist mother to control their behavior and have everything sort of 
look perfect. Uh, when it didn't go my way, I, you know, my response, like probably lots of mums who are listening, would be to not simply speak in my inside voice, <laughs> <laughs> but I use my outside voice, and I could just feel, as we had said earlier, I could just feel out of nowhere this sort of this whoosh of of anger, sort of this warmth coming into you, and you just wanted to yell at the kids, right? Or you want to shout at them, and you want to manage them by yelling and becoming angry quickly. And over time, I realized that that was not pleasing to the Lord. And I, I'd been a Christian sort of all my life, grown up in a great Christian family, and and yet that was one thing that came out of nowhere. Hmm. And I realized this is sort of this fault line in my character that I I'm really embarrassed about. I I don't like it. I hate being an angry mom with my kids. Surely there's a better way. And hmm. So um, uh, an incident after, I guess, a day of stressful day, when my children were all, I guess, um, well, they were all under 10. Or they were still young children. I'd had a particular day of giving in to my stressful day by using anger again to try to manage them. And um, right after that day, having called my mother-in-law, who had raised eight children, mind you, and been this uh, very self-controlled, wonderful mother to eight kids. And I said, well, I don't know how you did it, Mom, but my kids are difficult, and and I just, sometimes I just lose it. And she calmly had listened to me complain, (laughs) and she had very quietly said to me in one sentence, well, my dear, you certainly seem to be harsh with them. And on the surface, (laughs) those words were a rebuke, Mm-hmm. And I became quiet, and I was just stunned. And I think hung up the phone. Didn't really know what to say. I didn't hang up on her, but I went to my quiet room, and I just sort of had it out with the Lord. And I said, "Is that what you see? Is mm. that who I am with when I'm with the children? I hate that person. I hate shouting at the kids. Mm. I hate using anger as a method to control their behavior. But I can't fix it." That's just sort of the excuse, right? Well, that's just how I am. My mother, my grandmother, we all come from a line of feisty women. (laughs) But I said, I hate that in me, and I don't want to be like that. Hmm. What what can I do? I felt completely helpless to change my behavior, completely helpless to change my heart. But I think at that point, I sort of went willingly, and I said, God, you're the only one who can fix that. So I... um, in honesty, I think you had to become really honest, and I became very, very truthful and say, show me who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the miracle of the story was that that long day of praying and just pleading and weeping before the Lord in, in my complete helpless state, mm-hmm. knowing that I could never fix that in my life, uh, I felt the Lord just quietly saying, just surrender it. Mm-hmm. Ask me to change you. Yeah. Sometimes we just don't ask. We think, well, that's just how I am. That's I'm it. always going to be. That's or my our personality. Job to change ourselves. I said, I hate yeah. that about my personality, yeah. and I want to be a good mom. Fix it. You're the only one who can do it. Yeah. And after praying that whole day and just sort of pacing and pleading and just really pleading with the Lord, the next morning I woke up literally and felt that nothing really was different on the outside, but in some ways everything was different in that I could feel peace in that area of my life I never had before and um, very quickly our girls and the family noticed that mom just didn't shout anymore it was Mm -hmm. like literally God had in that you know power that only he has wiped that out Mm -hmm. and well you know there are many other things that are in our life that we still know God is working on in that aspect Um, it was a true miracle Mm -hmm. yeah that's so neat and a very 
I'm very thankful to this yeah. day that, you know, whatever sort of generational thing that had come through the, the line of feisty women, um, literally God just uh, answered my prayer. Yeah. Wow. And that's amazing that it happened for mm-hmm. you instantaneously. Sometimes mm-hmm. it, it takes people it longer. And it's, and it's sometimes a lifetime. Yeah. Of, you know, mm-hmm. sort of not... that thorn in the flesh or something that God just hasn't mm-hmm. released you from. But in yeah. that particular case, that time, and that issue, you. Yeah. he really kind of just said, yeah, I'm going to answer your prayer. And it was literally gone. It's never hmm. returned. Yeah. What did you want to share? I know you had a few ideas quickly. For I would just add to that yeah. and say that I've seen with women here a transformation yeah. when they submit to God and when they submit to God's word. Yeah. So I had a woman, a very common situation here is for women to be in a remarriage situation. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when you have kids that you haven't raised that are the child of your spouse, that's hard. And so there's a lot of anger and bitterness that comes with the whole parenting of someone else's ch- children or they're grown and how they treat you yeah. and how they receive you. And yeah. so uh, I met with one woman who was dealing with anger and bitterness in relation to how the grown children were treating her in this remarriage situation. And so we read Colossians 3, the whole thing. It talks about putting off your old self and mm-hmm. putting on your new self. And through simply reading scripture, she said, oh, I I feel that I'm full of rage and bitterness, but I don't know how to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an awesome place to be because mm-hmm. then when you're willing to put yourself in God's hands, she did, and I gave her that scripture along with a number to read in the next following weeks, and she came about, I don't know, two, three weeks later, totally transformed mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm. and then we started on part two, <laughs> which was then herself had been transformed. Their marriage was starting to show the impact. Now it was forgiving the grown children and moving in that direction mm-hmm. but god's word has the power to change mm-hmm. us yeah. right and, and so yes with yeah. our friends or ourselves or with our family members let's bring god's word let's submit ourselves to him yeah you're right i think it's it's truly at least what i've experienced uh, and i look back on my life now is as we submit and we surrender sometimes we don't even realize some of the things that are still not pleasing to the lord in our character but it really is that process of the renovation of our heart. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like a project, right? Yeah. And we won't see the completion of God won't be done with us until we see him face to face. But mm-hmm. our whole lifetime as we submit, he will continue to do those renovations mm-hmm. in our heart. Yeah. One room at a time. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the key is when you have like those moments like when your mother in law poked yes. you there to be willing to say, Okay. I at that point, you could have been mad. Right, yeah, sure, I could have, and you could have added to that to your list of hurts exactly. of people that have said mean things mm-hmm. to you. Um, but yeah. I remember it just being a, a momentary decision, right? Yeah. So you, I think we are given a decision to either kind of take it into our heart and 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 create this unforgiveness, or to say, well, okay, that's what the Lord is using to just open my eyes, and uh, by His grace, He did. Yeah. yeah. Just a brief note on forgiveness. I mean, sometimes it happens overnight. Mm-hmm. That is a gift. And sometimes for me, in some situations, it's been where I'll ask God to help me forgive and it lasts for an hour. (laughs) And then I need to come back and then it will last for a day and then I need to come back. And there are a few people in my life that I continually have to come back asking God for for, to help me with forgiveness, like Tylenol only lasts a little bit kind of thing. So if that's your case, please don't feel discouraged. For me, I think that there will always be issues that come up that I have to bring to God, ask for forgiveness, ask him to help me forgive and keep going forward. I think it's just an issue for a lot of us. Right. But the command still stands. Yes. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Like if I don't in, forgive, I'm not going to be forgiven. Yeah. Matthew 6. Yeah. So that's a harsh. That's yeah. a hard word. It, it mm-hmm. is. 
But we need God's help and he can do it. Yeah. I don't have to work at forgiving someone. I can say, Lord, help me. I don't feel like forgiving them is usually my prayer. I'm angry with them. I have a right to be angry with them. I don't want to forgive, but Lord, you want me to. So because you've designed that process, yeah. you can then work with me. That's right. And he always does. And yeah. if we, sometimes I feel that we don't receive from the Lord or we are not, the Holy Spirit isn't released more and more in our life simply because we're not asking. We're still trying yeah. to fix things on our own or mm-hmm. trying to manage our own um, issues, right? And, and saying, well, I can work harder, I can do better. Mm-hmm. And really, um, I've experienced it over the many last years too, that as you actually ask the Lord more, as, as a child asks the Father, yeah. give me more of your Holy Spirit. And uh, that fruit of the Spirit and, you know, we can look at older people that we really admire in their walk with the Lord is that, that have a lot of that fruit of the Spirit in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the Lord himself, only he can do that. Yeah. We can't manage that on our own. But I've been trying to memorize that. It's such a long verse. Galatians the 5 fruit there. Of, yeah. Yeah, Galatians 5.22. <laughs> yeah. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, which are all one-syllable mm-hmm. words. Yeah. And then patience, kindness, goodness, yeah. two-syllable words, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And all of those are renovate, probably the renovation project in, yes. in our hearts. But yeah. if we aren't asking the Holy Spirit to bring those to life in us and to bring that fruit, then often it won't happen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we need to be grateful for, because it's God who works in us to will and to work according to his purposes, right? As we read in Philippians, yeah. it's even God giving us that desire mm-hmm. to right. want to submit to him. It's, it's all a, from him. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's, we can't even come up with we, our own desire. We, we just want know to, that we just, yeah. <laughs> Without him, we can do nothing, yeah. right? We literally are like helpless children. Yeah. Yeah. He does have to do the work, but we certainly have to give him our surrender, our yeah. surrendered hearts. And I would also add, too, that we need God for sure, but sometimes we also need somebody with flesh on. Yeah. So talk to someone trusted. You're welcome to come here to church and talk to Vic or I. You're welcome to talk to someone in your life that's a trusted Christian and work through this with them as well, not neglecting to take it before God. That's the first. Yeah. We've talked about that. First but sometimes renovator. other people can help you pinpoint yeah. kind of what some of those triggers are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So both for sure. Thalia, why don't you close, why don't you close us in prayer today? Yeah. Okay. Lord, you are the one who designed us and you gave us emotions. And you said about anger that we can be angry but not sin. So, Lord, would you help us in our life to, to practice that, to be angry and yet not sin? Lord, help us to take it to you. Help us to submit ourselves to you and to your word. And, Lord, would you do a gentle renovation? And for maybe some people who are listening, they need it overnight, Lord, because you know their life and their heart. And for those of us, Lord, would you be patient and work with us the rest of our lives as things pop up? I know as they do for the three of us around this table. Lord, for our listeners, I pray that um, they would also find people in their lives who are trusted that they can begin to work on these things with them. Lord, we are so thankful that you've given us the Holy Spirit, that you have not left us alone to deal with this ourselves, but that you are the power to change our lives in the exact way that you want them to be change and the exact timing so lord we are thankful for your gentleness with us and to our listeners lord thank you for them listening and i pray that you would work in their lives as well and all these things we pray in your name amen amen thanks for joining us see you next time